May Christmas is upon us. We are less than 72 hours away from breaking things, eating stuff. Man, we are just 72 hours away, and man, it's just going to be a joyful morning for many, many, many families. But I start thinking about the gifts that you will receive on Christmas morning. And some people even start on Christmas night. Christmas Eve, you start opening gifts. But there, there are different types of gifts that people will start receiving uh, on those days, uh, uh, on Christmas Day. And uh, I kind of grouped them in five different groups. You got the usual gift. The usual. You know, grandma comes over. She gives you a package, and it's spongy already. Doesn't have any form. You know what it is. It's the briefs. Grandma, you didn't have to. No, I really did. I did have to get you those. <laughs> it's the usual. You get it every year. You know what you're going to get. It's not a surprise. It's that gift. It's the usual gift. But then also, in addition to the usual gift, some of you may get this gift. It is, you know that I know gift. And this is what that gift looks like. Is that the same gift you put in the car while I was sitting in there and you told me not to look back because that was my Christmas gift? You're saying this to yourself, but you know that's the gift that you're getting ready to unravel. That gift. Or, or number three, the unknown gift. There's an unknown gift. You get that gift and you unwrap it, and you say, what is this again? Oh, oh, thank you so much. This is, this is, this is great. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to use this somewhere, so you put it in the back. Some of y'all getting ready to run out of here and go get another gift when you leave here. Number four. Oh, this is a good one. This is the you like my gift gift. Anybody ever got one of those? This is the gift that somebody gift, gets you and you unwrap it. And they say, oh, and they take it from you as soon as you get it. Man, I saw this gift, and I just had to get it. And they start playing with it. They start, oh, you got this gift for you. You didn't get this gift for me, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know. But then that last gift. This is a gift that is truly special. This is the undeserved gift. If you've ever received a gift and someone just put tons and tremendous amounts of time into choosing this gift for you. It's a gift that you both want and need, and this person, you open that gift and you say, man, I don't deserve this. This is a tremendous gift, and it may not, it may not even have a lot of monetary value, but in your heart, you know this is probably one of the best gifts someone has ever given to you. Amen? Amen. And so this Christmas, those types of gifts will be opened. But as I think about those and those types of gifts, I think about the gift that God gives us, which is Jesus Christ. And God is the perfect giver of the undeserved gift. Perfect. So today we're going to look at a place in Scripture where God offers that undeserved gift. So if you can turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. 
In the book of Isaiah, God starts to talk about the children of Israel. He starts to talk about his love for them. He starts to talk about uh, how he wishes and desires that their, their thinking would be different, that their actions would be different because he's chose them to deliver the good news to the people of the world. That's what he did for them. But somewhere in history, things went wrong. The children of Israel got very selfish in their thinking. They, got, uh, they started worshiping idols instead of worshiping the only true and living God. And just things just, just, went off, just went off track. And so as I started reading through the book of Isaiah, and you just keep your place right there in Isaiah chapter 9, in Isaiah 1, God says, you know, I reared them and I nurtured them. Uh, unless the Almighty had left some survivors, we would become like Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and he, he got them and he, you know, made sure he, they were taken care of. He put them in a fertile land and he nourished them. And, and, and all of a sudden, in verse 1, it says, and they, returned, and they rebelled. They didn't know God. They didn't consider God. They would forsaken God. And they had spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on him. But God, in his rich love and mercy, he didn't give up on them. He continued to pursue them. So he sent them, Isaiah, to talk to them and say, listen, this is God. God loves you. He wants you back. He, he doesn't want to see you go this way. Why don't you come back to God? And it seems like the louder Isaiah prophesied to the people of the children of Israel, the further and further they walked away from God. He loved them, just like us. He loves us so much. Well, God, just like anybody else on this planet, God loved them so much, he had to bring judgment on them. And as you continue to read through chapter 2 and chapter 3, chapter 4, God brings judgment on the children of Israel. He says, I've got to do it. I've, I've got to do it. They're, they're too far gone. But I'm not, I'm not going to just turn my back on Israel. I'm going to leave them what they call a remnant, a small amount of people. He says, and for that remnant, I'm going to do something very special. So if you look in Isaiah chapter 9, it begins. It says here, but there will be no more gloom for her who has who, her who was in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he shall make it glorious. By the way of the sea, on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in the dark land, the light will shine on them. Who shall multiply the nations, you shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence as with the gladness of harvest as men rejoice when they see when they divide the spoil. You shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff off their shoulders. The rod of their oppressor and as at the battle of Midian for every boot of the booted warrior in the battle of tumult. And cloak rolled in blood will be burning fuel for the fire. For a child will be born unto us. Here's the good news. A son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called, look at this, 
wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of our peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. From then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And so as I read that chapter, as I read that particular verse, I started thinking about the Lord and the gift he gives to Israel. And I said, Lord, help me to understand this particular passage of Scripture. He says, well, this particular passage of Scripture, what you see is me offering grace and mercy on a people who've been stubborn, that have decided to go their own way, but instead of completely casting them away and having contempt on them throughout the ages, he says, I'm not going to do that. He says, I'm going to send somebody. And the person that I'm going to send, you can read it right here in Scripture, will be a wonderful counselor. He says, I said, well, God, why do they need a wonderful counselor? Listen, I had to, I had to take this word and break it down just a little bit. In the, in the Hebrew, it's pala is the first word, which is wonderful. And, and the second word, ya'atz, is the second word, counselor. He says, I'm going to send them a wonderful counselor. The reason he sends them a wonderful counselor, he says, you've been making some bad decisions, but I'm going to help you. This Jesus that I'm sending you will help you. He will give you extraordinary counsel that is beyond human comprehension. He says it's going to be wonderful. He will tell you exactly what you're supposed to do. He will lead you and guide you in truth. He's going to show you exactly what needs to be done. He says, this is what you need, children of Israel. You need a wonderful counselor. Not only do you need a wonderful counselor, he says, you need a mighty God. That word mighty God translates to El Gibber, which means a God who has strength a God who is a warrior, who's a champion. And you may have seen El, uh, other names of El or God in the Bible, El Shaddai, El Elyon, El, El Olam. And those words are all good. But in this particular area of Scripture, he says, hey, you're going to need a God who's going to fight the battles for you. He says, you're going to try to do things on your own, but you can't, you can't do them on your own. You're too small. You're too weak. He says, I'm going to send you Jesus, and he is going to be able to fight those battles for you. A mighty God. Mighty. The next thing he says, he says, I'm going to send you a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father. As a matter of fact, let me, let me back up there because, because I think sometimes when we talk about just fighting, we say, okay, God, you know, God's going to fight for us. But look at, look at these other scriptures that he gives us. Exodus 14, he says, the Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. Anybody in here fighting battles? And you putting all your might into it? And you look here in Scripture in Exodus 14, he says the Lord will fight for you and you only have to be silent. 
Or look at this next one, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17. It says, you, you will not need to fight this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed tomorrow. Go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Man, I love this verse. I love these verses. Because there are so many times when we get, uh, when we get uh, betrayed, when we get uh, something bad happens to us, and we want to take things into our own hand. And God says, hey, look, I'm a mighty God. You don't have to pick up your staff. He says, I will fight for you. Look at one, another scripture here he has. Deuteronomy 24, 20 and 4, he says, For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you victory. And there's one more, Deuteronomy 3 and 22. You shall, you shall not fear them, for it is the Lord your God who fights for you. He wants to be that mighty God for you. The next one, eternal father. Eternal father. And this is not... This is not, I, I look at this and I say, well, God, isn't this the name of God? Well, in Jesus, God is embodied in the fullness of, of God here. But he said, no, this is the father of eternity. This should be translated father of eternity, which means if we want anything in eternity, we have to go through Jesus. You have to go through Jesus. And so this eternal, forever and ever, always continuing for an unlimited duration of time is Jesus making a way for us to the Father. And then the last thing, Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He is the representative, the king, the official, the commander who provides shalom, a peace. And you may be thinking about just one peace that just kind of helps your mind, but he said, hey, look, I'm more than just the peace of your mind. He says, I'm completeness. I am also not only completeness, I'm salvation, health, satisfaction, healing. All those things are in Jesus. That peace that you find is all in Jesus. He is that for us. So, so today, as we talk about those four names of Jesus, now, how does that relate to you and in your own situation? God in his wisdom, God in his love for us, he provides for us these things. He says, first, he says, I am, I am your counsel or a wonderful counselor. Anybody in here making bad decisions? Making bad decisions. And you want to know, God, how do I start making good decisions? Decisions that will honor you. Decisions that will honor my family. He says, listen, when you give your life to Jesus and you ask him, he says that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask a God. He says that in James chapter 1. And so he says, I'm ready to give you counsel. If you're tired of making bad decisions, Jesus is your answer. He's your answer. The next thing he says, not only if you're tired of making bad decisions, but if you need someone to fight for you, 
If you need someone to fight for you, his might. He is a mighty warrior who fights for his people. Stop fighting your own battles. And for some reason this morning, this, just, this is like one of those areas that just keeps coming up. Fighting your own battles. Who fights for you? If you look back at that scripture in Isaiah chapter 9, look back at that just very quickly. In Isaiah chapter 9, it starts talking about, in verse 4, you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, as at the battle of Midian. Does anybody remember what happened at the battle of Midian? This was actually the battle of, that Gideon fought in. He said, if you want some comfort in overcoming your battles, he says, look back what I did, look back at what I did with 300 men and how I gained the victory. And your, and your, your, your celebration or your, 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 your victory over the enemy will be just like that when I had complete and total control of this battle and I, and I saw Gideon through this battle and I gave them great victory. He says, I want to be that for you. I want to be your mighty God. And the next thing he says, I want to be an everlasting father or have father. He's a person that has fatherly attributes. It, Jesus is our eternal protector and our provider. He wants to be that for us. And then also, his peace. He's got all the peace that you need that can be found in Jesus Christ. Well, what about Pastor Ken if um, none of those things are found or I feel like I have all of those things that are resident in my life? What about if I feel, you know, I feel peace and, man, things are going good in my life? What else is there? Well, we talk about the gift that God has given us in Jesus Christ. And I hate to cut this because this is such a beautiful gift. But this gift is Christ. And on the day that we celebrate today, this gift was given to us. And I'll turn it this way. And the gift is Jesus. Inside of this gift is everything that we need. The Bible talks about the four names. It says he's a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. All those things are in this gift. But also in this gift, you say, well, Pastor Ken, what if what if I need more than that? Well, in time, as believers, we continue to grow. Not only do we continue to grow, but we learn more about God and who he is in our life and the, the gifts that are in Christ. And so the more I study, the more I learn about him, and the more I pray, he starts revealing himself, and he becomes a true vine. John 15, 1. He says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. He says, listen, he said, if you're trying to get nourishment on your own, it is impossible. Only that can be found in Jesus. 
Or maybe, or maybe you are looking for someone who's faithful. You've been searching religions all your life. You've been looking at get-rich schemes. You've been looking at uh, following other religions. But listen to what he says in Revelation 3.14. He says, I'm a faithful and true witness. It's faithful and true. Or maybe that wasn't the gift, the part of the gift that you needed. He says this, John 6.35. He says, I'm the bread of life. If you're hungry, come to me. If you're tired, come to me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, come to Jesus. You see, everything you need is in the gift of Christ. Everything. And as you grow and as you develop, he starts revealing himself to you day after day, week after week, and you start discovering, God, you're just more than just those things. Those things are great, but you're much, much more than that. But the problem is, there are several groups of people you see, and this, this is the part that hurts because there are people in this room that have taken the gift and you've unwrapped it, and you've got out what you need, and you closed it back up. And you put it back under the tree as if nothing else matters to you. Can you believe the heart of God for you that do that? I'm hurting today, and I just take out what I need, and, and then I just shove it back under the tree, and God is like, no. Keep digging, keep opening the gift. You know that people, those people are? Those are believers. Those are people who come just like us on Sunday, and we get our nice little fix, we close the gift back up Monday through Saturday, and we put it back under the tree. And God is telling you today, open the gift back up. Keep opening the gift. And then, and then there are people that are here that have looked at the gift. It's wrapped beautifully, and, and I want to open that gift, Steve, but I just, I just can't. Because that, opening that gift may cost me something. And God said, open the gift. It's a free gift. Not only is it a free gift, it's a gift that will help you. It's the undeserved gift. You don't think you deserve it? You say, no, that gift is too pretty. I, I just can't open that gift. That is just too much for me. And God is saying, listen, open the gift. This is for you. It's just for you. But then also... There are the people that completely deny the gift. Completely. You know, you're here today and you're here because someone invited you and you say, okay, all right, I'll come. And you say, you know, I, I, I don't want to hear the word. I'm just coming to be nice. And, you know, this gift that they said, you know, that offered, that Jesus offered, I, I, just, I just can't accept that. Well, just know this. Inside of the gift of Christ, God wants to allow you to see him 
for who he really is. He wants to open himself up to you completely and totally. Full access. But the only time the gift is a gift is when you what? When you receive it. And so today, we're not going to take long. We're going to pray. But I have a sense there are people in this room where you have been wanting to open this gift. Or maybe you opened it and closed it back up and said, you know, I don't know if that gift's for me. Or maybe you've closed it and put it back on the shelf and said, hey, you know, I don't know if I want to do that yet. God is waiting for you this morning. He's waiting. He will be your everlasting father, wonderful counselor, prince of peace, mighty God, everything you need. Not only that, everything else that's in the box. But you've got to be willing to accept the gift. He's waiting on you. And so as we pray this morning, we're going to ask you to come. There will be men at the front. They'll walk you to the back. We're going to give just some extra time today so you can respond to the fullness of Christ. In him dwells the fullness of God. And you won't ever have to worry about being alone. You won't ever have to worry about feeling lonely because he's always there with you. And he's walking with you. He's right by your side. So let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for today. Lord, we're so grateful for your son, Jesus Christ. Because in him, we find everything we need. God, please forgive us for opening the gift and trying to use it only as we see fit. God, we've taken you and we've tried to use you at our own leisure and say, Okay, God, you're good for this situation, but you're not good for this situation. God, I want you here, but I don't want you here. God, would you help us and forgive us? Every day, Lord, help us to learn more about you and to grow. If, if you are in that situation this morning and you have allowed yourself to slip away from Christ and, and just learn him, come. If you're here today, and you have not given your life to Jesus at all. You, you saw the gift, and man, it was just in some pretty bows. And you said, man, I, I really, really want that gift, but I, I don't know if it's for me. Guess what? It's for you. This gift has your name on it. From the beginning of time, God wrote your name on this gift, and he says, man, I want you to open it. It will be the best thing that ever happened to you. And so if that's you this morning, we want you to come. What better time, what better season to celebrate a, a new life in Christ? What better day? We want you to come. And so Mark's going to sing. The people are going to stand. And we want you to come.